Welcome once again to another episode of Demand Gen Radio, the one program that brings you all the latest methods and technologies for driving growth and increasing demand. With the voice of Demand Gen, David Lewis. All right. Welcome, everybody, to another episode of Demand Gen Radio. Today on the program, I've got Doug Ricketts from Ellie May. And before I introduce Doug, for those of you who don't know, uh, my whole journey really into marketing technology and marketing operations began at Ellie Mae. Uh, prior to me starting Demand Gen in 2007, I was running marketing at Ellie Mae from about 2003 to 2007. And back then, we didn't have any marketing technology. In fact, the website, when I initially got there to launch their very first software product, didn't even have a form on it. And we were using a $35 piece of kind of shareware to do our email marketing. So I came in, brought in marketing automation, eventually brought in CRM, forged a really tight alignment between sales uh, with Joe Langner, who was head of sales at the time. And the rest of that story is really well documented in my book, Manufacturing Demand. So if you want to hear all about where things began at Ellie Mae and uh, my passion for aligning sales and marketing and lead management, definitely grab that book. And we had some really aggressive goals, and that were to go from 0% market share to 50% market share in two years. And back then, because we were just coming out with our own piece of software called Encompass, the competitor had about 80% market share. And it was a um, big challenge for us. And we crushed it. Uh, company did incredibly well. Uh, now absolutely the market share leader. Ellie Mae went public and uh, has done very, very well. And I left, when I left, there's about eight people in the marketing department. So when we, we bring Doug on, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to ask where things are today. So without further ado, let me introduce Doug Ricketts, uh, who's responsible for marketing operations and marketing's chief of staff at LMA. Thanks, Doug, for joining the program. Yeah, thank you, Dave. Great to be here. It is. It's it's uh it's like a reunion for me in a little way. I mean, a little bit. I mean, it's it's quite an honor that my team still works with your team now uh, over eleven years later. And one of the things that uh, has me really looking forward to this podcast is I've really wanted to focus on the topic of the lower funnel or you know marketing to the install base. I didn't really worry about that in the very beginning, Doug, right? Because we didn't have any market share. So as we started getting Encompass customers, it became super important for us to focus on adoption and usage. So I don't know. I'm going to try to pretend I'm living in the future right now and come up with the name of this podcast. And I'm going to use the straw man of closed one doesn't equal closed done. I don't know if that's going to pull for us. So I'm going to leave it up to Justin and the producer to figure out the actual name. But let's let's talk about that because I know that's been a big focus of, of yours. So Catch us up. What uh, what what's happened lately in terms of the the focus last uh, year plus that you guys have been really looking at this this lower funnel and getting maximum value from the customers? Well, it, it's very interesting. I'm listening to your your experience as you were at Ellie Mae, but uh, I joined about three years ago, and the company is scaling at this point. Uh, we have about 1,500 employees. Uh, we have a predominant market share in the uh, loan origination business, uh, and we're actually expanding both organically into new product areas as well as actually we're acquiring companies now as well. Uh, you were talking about two or three vendors uh, that are just barely some technology. We probably have 15 or 20 vendors now. 
So we're definitely uh, we're definitely a lot different than when you were here, and uh, and we're all about as you're talking about, you know, really building a strong alignment between marketing and sales, and also completing our product line so that we can we can we can be the unique vendor that offers the full what we call digital mortgage, uh, and uh, and as a result, uh, expand footprint inside of some of our existing loan own originating accounts. You know, we, we gained market share pretty quickly in the beginning. And, you know, for those of you who don't know, uh, Ellie Mae is such a great brand because people are certainly always associated with the mortgage industry. Uh, but they provide technology and platforms for mortgage origination and mortgage banking. And so anytime you've ever bought a home, as you know, there's a big, gigantic stack of papers and a process that you have to go through everything from pulling your credit uh, to every other transaction that can be done now digitally, which used to be paper and phone call, um, is done through Encompass. And as you said, you guys have acquired other companies and really rounded out the product suite. So when we were there getting <clears throat> excuse me, our initial customers, we really had to focus on behavior change. I mean, just ordering a, an appraisal was normally a fax, right? <laughs> You'd fill out a form and send it to your appraiser to request them to go out to a home and do an appraisal of the home and get the information back. And of course, with uh, digital transformation, all that has become um, possible online and, and through the use of the platform. So that became right around the time when I was leaving, we were having so much market share that there became a lot of focus on how to get more and more adoption uh, of the platform. And something that I've also talked on recent podcasts is that who is the person responsible or the function responsible for cross-functional alignment, not just alignment with sales and marketing, but alignment with service and training, you know, for adoption. So, uh, you know, Doug, tell me more about in terms of, of how this priority came to be and and really in terms of in your role, you know, how cross-functional are the initiatives to make sure that um, you guys are getting the kind of use and adoption uh, and, and customer delight that you're looking for? Yeah, from a business planning point of view, the company is actually has a pretty good process. Once a year, we'll define four or five major initiatives um, that are important for that particular year. Sometimes it relates to a new acquisition. Sometimes it relates to a new product area. Uh, but at the planning level, uh, and you know we do this early in the year. It's uh, August starts in August, finishes in November. We'll describe the top four or five areas that we really want to focus on for that year. So these are truly uh, company-aligned initiatives. That process actually works quite well. Uh, for those areas, uh, we'll define uh, the full uh, waterfall. We'll, we'll actually, we'll employ the waterfall metrics, all that we might know from the previous year uh, and what the you know, current uh, uh, ratios might be. And we'll start from the objectives, which is, you know, we need X amount of seats or we need X amount of dollars for that particular initiatives, initiative. And we'll then work backwards and say, well, that means we need, uh, what percent of those opportunities do we need from marketing? Uh, and what is our efficiency to, uh, when we go backwards up the funnel uh, for opportunities closed versus created, uh, opportunities created versus MQLs? And we'll build that whole waterfall uh, for the year, but they're all closely aligned. Uh, we'll, again, we start with sales initiatives. We start with the presumption that it's a company-wide initiative. 
and we'll build that plan for those initiatives on a yearly basis. Uh, marketing doesn't operate independently on that in any way. Uh, we actually follow the planning process that we've developed in the company uh, so that we can build out those capabilities. It sounds uh, so structured and, and, and methodical, and yet uh, it seems like during the year, when I look at what our clients are doing, very often they get off course from those core strategic initiatives, you know, pulled in different directions, new, new initiatives, new shiny uh, projects that come up. And I certainly remember from my time at Ellie Mae how focused the team was on accomplishing, I think it's led to a large part of the company's success, um, identifying those key initiatives and moving forward. I want to um, pivot for a second and talk about your role, because I mentioned earlier that you not only head up marketing operations, but you have the title of chief of staff. And Susan Bierman, who's the chief marketing officer there, can you talk a little bit about that, where that title came from and the, the dynamic or the relationship between the two of you? Because, you know, I, I think of my role here at uh, DemandGen as our CEO and Greg, who is our chief operating officer, Greg Carver. And we kind of have this visionary and integrator role where he runs the operations of the business. And I work on our not only thought leadership content, but also on innovation and uh, taking us into new markets. So could you talk a little bit about the dynamic between the two of you in, in context of those initiatives? So you guys identify key initiatives for the years and, and work on that. How's, how's the role and responsibilities between the two of you? Well, you know, all, many of the people I'm sure listening to this are aware of all of the technology and the business implications of, of, the, uh, of marketing operations. But, but clearly, there's a, lot, there's a lot of implementation, there's a lot of technology, and there's a lot of business processes that have to be both created uh, as well as maintained uh, in such a way that, that people can believe data and, and we can make data-driven decisions. Susan brought me on board to help create the environment and the and, and the structure for doing that. Um, so I, I I have responsibility over the financial aspects of marketing, even before we touch the technology. So I have the responsibility to create the budget and ensure that we have a process for us to be able to spend according to our plan, not spend over, and spend in the areas that uh, that we expect. But also uh, I have the responsibility for really helping to drive the sales and marketing uh, process uh, and to ensure that both the technology uh, as well as the the, the operations uh, all result in information that can help us drive the business. Susan primarily focuses on the messaging, uh, the branding, uh, uh, is a big player in the events, and certainly she's managing the larger team. But she really looks to me as sort of the technology and and you know, and financial business leader of the group. Also, she, she looks at me to help help design the structure of the group. I mean, one of the things one of the things that we discovered, and it was kind of back to one of the points you spoke about a minute ago, which is uh, you start out with a plan for a year, but then life happens and other things come in. And uh, one of the things we discovered last year that was an issue from an organizational point of view was that. Uh, we needed to have focused people that could drive those initiatives continuously throughout the year, and and so one of so one of my one of my initiatives with Susan last year was to actually propose that kind of a group. We ended up calling it the Integrated Marketing Team, uh, and these are people that actually uh, receive those initiatives uh, assignments 
and drive the coordinated plan, multi-channel marketing plan for those initiatives throughout the year. So whereas Susan takes obviously overall leadership for the group, overall leadership for the people, uh, she primarily focuses on the branding and the messaging and, and the overall you know, leadership for the group. Yet I take technology, I'll take initiatives as it relates to uh, the, uh, the tools and the technology as well as the measurements. Love it. I'm I'm seeing it more and more. I've I've certainly had a couple marketing operations leaders on the podcast. Uh, Scott Burns's podcast that we did together, how to lead a marketing operations team, has certainly been in the top five consistently. And I think a lot of people are really looking at, you know, not only understanding the role, but the dynamic between the CMO and marketing operations, and you know, the department. The function is still so relatively new. What does it look like um, in your your part of the the team, if you will? Describe what the core marketing operations functions or and roles look like, if you would. So it's interesting as we at last year as we built the integrated marketing team, we actually further defined two other major functions in marketing. Uh, uh, one was we created what we called channels, and we created an organization that physically focused on marketing channels. So we'll have um, one person and one team that, that, that builds you know, uh, emails and webinars. We'll have another team that works on social. We'll have another team that works on digital. And these are primarily the practitioners of the marketing channels. So on the one hand, we'll have what we call the integrated marketing team. Those are the people that are keeping us aligned with corporate initiatives and driving a continuous set of initiatives through the year. Uh, we have a channel team that develops perfection as it relates to that particular channel, uh, that our tools and our techniques for that channel are, are continuing to grow. And marketing operations, by contrast, is sort of the... Uh, the overall technology and process and measurement team. So, so, so we may, for example, support the email team by helping select a new vendor at a new technology. Uh, we may build the integrations among the systems that are required for that technology to operate within our, within our sort of technology ecosystem. Uh, and we then may also train the channel on how to use that new technology. So we're really about selecting the vendors, building the technology, building the processes, making sure the processes are working uh, so that we can describe overall department effectiveness. But we also train what we call channel teams uh, to be efficient and effective at, at, at various channel operations. When you bring in a new technology, I want to ask two two-part question. One is, what's, what is at a high level, the kind of technology selection process. What does that look like? Do you have a committee that goes through that? And what does that process look like for vetting new technology and deciding if you should bring it in? Um, I imagine it starts with an initiative and then you go looking for technology to support that initiative. So I want to hear about that process. And then if you could bolt on to that, when do you decide that you need, let's say, a systems administrator or a specialist for that platform versus, you know, taking a platform in and having a bunch of uh, generalists. You can take either one, but love love to hear both parts. Yeah, that's that's very interesting. Well, you know, that, how do you form the team and the interest? Well, first of all, the team can be different depending upon the technology that you're that you're looking at. I mean, for example, sometimes uh, I mean the interest for the product or for the capability can come from almost anywhere, uh, but depending upon which teams it affects because uh, sometimes it affects sales and sales operations as well as marketing. Sometimes it affects 
sales operations with one of our internal channels. Frankly, sometimes it even affects IT. I mean, for example, we have data normalization and, and uh, mastering software that is managed by IT. So we'll, we'll define a need and the needs can come from most anywhere. The team will then be composed of the people that, that ultimately will be involved with it. And sometimes it's sales and marketing, sometimes it's sales and IT, uh, some, sometimes it's marketing and marketing. Um, so I think, again, the interest can come from almost anywhere. I think it's really interesting uh, to see, to ask the question about, so when do you define an admin? Because I think in some ways we probably struggle with that, but we've definitely played different tunes for that. Uh, in some cases, when we start out with a new vendor and a new capability, we'll set up a central marketing operations, I'll call it just functional leader. Perhaps at first it's somebody that, that, that knows about the product and is that central focal point but we'll mostly outsource that administration to a system integrator of some source, some sort. At first, because we know there's probably an expert in the area that knows more about it than we do, but also we're, you know, we wanna see how successful we're gonna be with that technology. At some point though, you know, as we begin to see adoption of a particular technology, uh, we'll absolutely define you know, our own expert. We have a couple of technology examples where I can describe both of those situations today Eloqua is in a case where we certainly have a, a very strong system admin at this point. Uh, we didn't have that capability two or three years ago, uh, but we, we have that capability today. We're actually beginning to add a second person in the same area. With Eloqua, we have one or two system, what I'll call them one and a half at the moment, system, uh, system admins, and we probably have about 10 practitioners uh, that we support uh, that use Eloqua. By contrast, uh, we're looking at, uh, at workflow technology to better optimize uh, how our internal teams work together and Workfront happens to be our vendor. And we currently have really, we really don't have a, a admin right now, but, uh, but we, are, we have recently in marketing operations uh, centralized that function because it, it was actually a tool we brought in for one of our teams and call it creative services. Yeah. Um, so we've centralized the admin function, uh, but we're going to be outsourcing the admin primarily to an outside organization that we believe has some expertise in the field. So I think uh, we certainly, the admin function is important for any technology that you bring in. You have to make sure that you're able to operate it effectively. Sometimes you fund it internally, uh, sometimes you, you don't. But I also think that, that as you decide to fund it internally, that kind of goes alongside with you've really been successful growing adoption. How many people do you guys have in the, the marketing team, overall marketing team today? The overall team is close to 50 people today. That's that's yeah. Marketing operations today is about four. Okay. Wow. Uh, not, not even quite 10% of the group. So no wonder you rely on folks like us and, you know, outside resources to, to augment that, those, those skills and, and expertise. Um, going back to the lower funnel, I mean, you guys have done, you know, all of the things in the upper funnel that, you know, a high-performance marketing team should do. You've got, you know, the, you've operationalized the demand waterfall, the demand funnel. You've put in lead scoring. You've put in nurturing programs. So you've automated lots of that that sales and marketing process and um, you know, good discipline in marketing operations. And then this lower funnel initiative, the thing where we talked about, 
you know, so many people are practicing account-based marketing these days and starting on that path. And so they really want to establish targets and then, you know, go after those targets. In fact, when I took the role at Ellie Mae and, um, you know, this is back 2003, one of the things that really attracted me to the business was that there was a very defined set of targets for us to go after. You know, it was a type of product where it wasn't really very horizontal at the time. You know, there was a specific vertical and we could go after those target accounts we knew were using the other uh, competitor system and, um, you know, be able to bring them onto the platform. So you guys have been looking at the lower funnel, you know, your existing customer base and moving them, you know, into further and further adoption. I was at a conference recently and I was talking about another one of our clients, um, folks at LogMeIn who make... uh, go to meeting and go to my PC and go to webinar, all those tool sets. And they've had goals over the years, as you guys have had key initiatives, to say, okay, we want 1.5 or 1.75 adoption across our platform. So, you know, the average customer having one and a half of their products or 1.75 products. And so they measure against um, those benchmarks. How are you guys structuring this um, lower funnel initiative in terms of what does success look like, the goals there? How do you know when you're when you're winning in terms of the level of adoption and loyalty by the customer base? Yeah, so we're pretty structured in that area too. Uh, I mean, we're a software as a service product, so we can we can actually see, you know, exactly which products our customers purchase. That obviously we know that from purchasing information as well, but but we we see operational data. And we can also see uh, if they if they purchase a particular product, uh, how much are they utilizing it? So, so we're actually so there's a, each of those are unique initiatives and important, but I'll take them separately because I think you know that it's sort of instructive. One of the new initiatives this year was to work on what we call utilization. Uh, in our case, our product is priced in such a way that it's it's it's, it's kind of like you 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 can have all you can eat. In other words, you'll you'll for a certain price you'll have the capability to have access to a lot of capability, but yet you may not be using it as much as you might. Uh, I mean, for example, you brought up the example of uh, perhaps a credit check, or uh, or perhaps I want to get an appraisal. Using our product today, um, all these services can be can be ordered by using the user interface in the product. And if they do, there's a sort of a network of suppliers that are available to to uh, provide that service. We find that many of our customers they're familiar with calling Fred. Uh, they don't they, they don't order the, the service using our product. They may get on the telephone and call their their next door neighbor. All this increases the the cost of originating a home loan, and and so we have a, a very important message to tell to the customers. It's cheaper and it's more efficient uh, and it's more effective to to purchase all of your services using our network of suppliers. So we call that utilization and we're able to measure that. One of the initiatives we created in 2018 was to place benchmarks against uh, each one of our product types and service types mm-hmm. uh, and to create objectives that we would deploy, that, that, that would be, you know, uh, sent to the field to say in this product area, we think... For your set of accounts, uh, you could have a utilization target to, to move to 82% utilization, and your last 12 months was 65%. So we actually track to that level utilization, and we create marketing programs to to support that. So utilization is one area that we spend a lot of time with. 
Another area that we spend a lot of time with is uh, we also have add-on products. Uh, whereas we may have a pretty high market share for our core loan origination product, we've we've created you know a range of additional products that that are that are not necessarily a part of that. They're connected, but they're not a part of that. I mean, one of them, for example, is uh, is uh, we call it all regs, but it's about paying attention to all of the regulations associated with originating and then selling home loans. Uh, all regs is, for example, an add-on product. Uh, actually, it's a whole range of add-on products. Yeah. Another is uh, essentially a market, well, the equivalent of a marketing automation product for loan originators. Uh, we've purchased a technology in that area. Yet another is, uh, you know, uh, an ability to uh, create a standard call pattern for outside, you know, or inside sales teams that would call out. But you know, creating a both an immediate call when somebody when it, when we get interest on on the web. Uh, but also tracking a consistent call pattern uh, to reach out to people uh, for, for, for for sales calling. These are all examples of additional products that we now have in our toolkit that, you know, we, we know that a particular account has that product or doesn't have that product. And so we'll, we'll create objectives to to grow that. Uh, and, and we'll create, we'll, in other words, pick account, understand the white space, mm-hmm. create objectives for that account, create marketing programs to satisfy or try to penetrate that interest. A big part of our business, we actually have a relatively uh, small set of customers uh, and prospects. Uh, And so our whole focus is really about, you know, aligning sales and marketing to create that MQL, but that's only an early indicator, uh, create that opportunity, help, help sales and to create that opportunity and pay attention to the close one business. Most most of our marketing initiatives are a lot, are a lot, I think compared to other companies are a lot less about generating new names uh, than about paying attention to you know, the individual that we know, piquing the interest on a new product area for which that particular person and company does not own and, and, and paying attention all the way through that sales process to help both acquire that opportunity as well as close that opportunity. It's so true, and I I don't understand it um, in terms of why more companies don't put a big focus on their customer marketing. You know, the majority of revenue, especially for SaaS-based companies, you know, comes from their existing customers, and there is so much opportunity. It's like having a gold mine, and yet you're busy looking for another mine than just mining the one that you have. And, you know, as you guys have built, you know, a huge customer base over the years, and like you said, doing organic growth and inorganic through acquisition, you have many different platforms and products to keep bringing. I think one of the key takeaways that I heard was this focus on let the customers know where they are in their maturity and adoption. I had Samantha on the program from LinkedIn, and, you know, they one of the tool sets LinkedIn provides, right, is Sales Navigator. And they put a really big effort in making sure that the company that has licensed seats for Sales Navigator is getting deployment of those seats and adoption of those seats. And they will just keep nurturing you and reaching out both through calls and emails and offer training programs so that you get so that you have adoption on that platform because they know if you don't uh, a it's 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 a revenue impact to them in the future but there's also possible attrition and you guys are focused on that you know during during my time there Jonathan Core was um, head of product and he's just genius I mean it, we, we started with an on-premise product 
and he moved that up into the cloud and, and moved to a subscription revenue and just kept taking friction out of the buying process and looking ways for customers, kind of a very razor and blade strategy, right? Let's get customers at a low price point on the platform because there's a big you know, change in and moving from one platform to another. And then let's grow the revenue with them by getting more and more use and adoption of the product. And he's now CEO. So he's done a great job building the business. You guys have done a great job building the marketing team. I got one last question for you, Doug, before we wrap up. You know, you have a very strong background at several companies in sales operations, not just marketing operations. You're now in marketing operations, but you've spent a lot of time in sales operations. How has that paid dividends? You know, I, I talk a lot about, you know, walking in the shoes of someone else's role, whether that's marketing and sales and sales and marketing. And because in today's environment, marketing ops and sales ops, and even to some degree IT, have to be so much aligned. You need to talk, there's marketing process and sales process, but if you fuse it together, it's really one integrated process. How has that helped you be successful at LMA having that, that background in sales ops? Well, it's interesting. If I go back even a little further than that, I, I, I was in sales, I was in, uh, I started in sales. I did, I was in product marketing and product management for probably well, many years. And at one point somebody told me that, uh, you should take an operational operational role. I actually didn't even know that I liked that. <laughs> I was convinced to take that first role, and I've been in operational roles ever since. Yeah. And uh, I, I I think I've always been a tinkerer, so I I enjoy I enjoy knowing how it works, and I enjoy making it better. And uh, yeah, I was in sales ops for many years, and uh, uh, and I enjoyed the sales ops role, and. Uh, and I think that has helped me a lot at Ellie Mae because, and I chose, incidentally, I chose, I, in my last role, I had sales ops and I had marketing ops. And, and the more I thought about the marketing ops area, the more I realized that it was a new area, a burgeoning area. And, and the whole notion of being able to break down the demand process and to systematize it and to make it more efficient really seemed in the long run a really strategic thing. So that's why I chose marketing operations at a mid-range company. Uh, so I was at a startup doing sales and marketing. But now that I'm in the marketing operations side, yeah, I mean, to the extent that you're aware of the full process, it gives you credibility within the company to, to build initiatives that inevitably do run across organizational boundaries. I actually almost can't imagine achieving anything significant that didn't allow me to deal with the IT team, the sales operations team, uh, as well as my own marketing team. Any important initiative that I've built, that we've built here, has included all of those teams. Yeah. Um, and then as you, I mean, as you know, Dave, we actually have an initiative right now that uh, we're about to roll out uh, that we've been working with your company. And believe me, you know, we're in a meeting every week that includes all of those team members. And, uh, you know, I couldn't have done that if I didn't have uh, both experiential as well as technology knowledge in each of those areas. Well, it's a very, very cross-functional initiative. It is interesting how, you know, when we look at our careers and we look in the rearview mirror, you know, I started in computer science because I thought I wanted to write software. And had I not had that technical background, when I, you know, in the early 90s, when we were first putting up our first websites and we're creating, you know, coding forms on the website and then taking that data and putting it into a back-end 
database. I don't even know if it was a SQL database at the time. I think we were doing everything in PHP, you know, to, to work with IT and come up with the data structure for it. Had I not had that technical background, I don't even know if I would have thought about using the web like as an application, as a as a way to capture data and put it in a database and then use that data for sales and marketing initiatives. And so I was very thankful that, you know, A, I had the technology background, but that I didn't pursue that career path because, you know, I love marketing and um, was able to apply that technology expertise. And so it is interesting, right? When you look back and you see the steps that you take along your career, how you can leverage that and build upon it. Well, kudos to you and the team. When I left, we were like 200 employees. Uh, you guys, I think you said, uh, you know, approaching 2,000 uh, soon. You guys have moved several different buildings. Um, thank you again to you and the team for for being our longest client. I mean, as I as I was walking out the door, I remember Sig, uh, former CEO, saying, "Well, who's going to be responsible for all this stuff?" And I said, "I don't know." And he goes, "Well, what about you guys? Isn't that what you're going to go do?" And I'm like, "Yeah, I mean, that that would be great." I just didn't know how he would react, and and here we are. Over a decade later, still working together, and I know my team, you know, like you said, some tremendous expertise, Tom Sveck and the rest of the group who works with you guys, um, really enjoy the challenges. You guys definitely push the envelope, and it no doubt shows in the results of the company's growth. So keep keep, uh, keep pushing it, and, um, you know, you guys definitely don't ever stay in a comfort zone. They, your heels are never on the ground, and you're always pushing things to the, to the next level. What's what's next for next year? Um, what do you have? One of those key initiatives already mapped out as we approach the the end of the year. Something already on the board? Yeah, well, I mean, we're definitely in the, in 2019. I think we're really getting closer to a a, a very strategic uh, initiative with sales. Uh, you know, and using sales words, not marketing. Where you know we're going to very closely define a really small number of accounts in 2019, and we're going to put together a very immersive marketing program for those key accounts. And again, I'm using the sales term for that. I guess the marketing term would be account-based marketing. Sure would. Uh, but, but, uh, but in any case, that's probably that's one of the big initiatives in 2019, awesome. and uh, and that'll be among many. But that that's probably one of the most well, the newest ones in 2019 is to is to get very focused on a real small set of accounts and develop a very immersive both communication or outreach program uh, to really turn some number of the accounts towards Ellie Mae. We're really excited about that. Uh, we're at the point that those few accounts could make a very big difference for the company. And so that it'll, it'll really be, you know, it's outreach to some extent uh, in that sometimes there'll be new names of people that we're not reaching out to today, but it's a relatively small number of accounts. And uh, if, we, if we're successful there, it'll make a big difference for the company. One well, LMA is such a high touch company. Um, always has been. That's the that's the culture. And so, you know, putting an ABM strategy like that in place, I can only imagine that the the sales plays or the you know the ABM plays that you guys are going to put together will incorporate not only online but offline touch points to to win those hearts and minds of those yet to be customers. That that that's a great initiative for next year. Well, thanks for joining me, Doug. I'm going to let you get back to the rest of your day and the team. Always appreciate you guys sharing insights. There's definitely been a tremendous following on the podcast programs around marketing operations. I think everyone is always looking to figure out what's everyone else doing, how they're structuring their departments, what initiatives are they working on. So I really appreciate you taking some time to share uh, some of those with, with the group. Thank you. Thanks for having me. All right. 
Well, that's going to do it for this episode of Demand Gen Radio. Thank you, everybody, for tuning in. Just a quick reminder, if you've got members on your team that aren't listening to the program, suggest it to them. Let's let's all learn together, and let's uh, keep um, educating one another. And uh, for now, I'll say thanks for, for tuning in, and we'll catch you on the next episode. Take care. You've been listening to Demand Gen Radio, bringing you the top industry experts, thought leaders, authors, marketing technology firms, and senior marketing leaders from around the world to teach you the methods and technologies for high-performance marketing. 